to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. I'm just going to pray for us quickly and then we can start. Father, thank you. Thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for family. God, thank you for a time before we properly launch this church, God, that you've said you want to come and you want to deal with some heart matters. <laughs> Lord, you want to establish culture and you want to strengthen our ranks, Father. And we thank you for that, Father. Thank you that, that you're, not, um, you're not releasing us into something before we actually have been given the grace to do it. And so, God, we commit the next few months to you, Lord, in, in preparation for the actual church plan, Father. And we just say yes, God, to whatever it is you want to come and do in our hearts. Yeah, Holy Spirit, you are the, yeah, the, the sword is the word which cuts. <laughs> and I pray tonight that, yeah, that your rhema word and your logos word would come and cut, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um... Yeah, so Henny was just saying this morning about community. And, you know, and I've, been, I've heard it being said before, but, it, but again, you know, it's, um, it's really in a community that we're going to change the culture. <laughs> that we are going to not have our city influence us, but we're going to influence the city. You know, that we're going to, in the workplace, and not so much bringing people here, but really going there, you know, and bringing people in. It's not going to be through one person. It's going to be through a group of people. And God is bringing our hearts together. I've never seen it like this before, you know, where there's a word that someone is speaking and I'm going, my heart is burning for the same thing. And, you know, it's been speaking a lot about people have been saying how there's a, a storm coming, you know, and immediately I'm like, oh, shucks, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know. But I, I, I really believe the storm is, is God is pouring out his spirit. You know, he says he will pour his spirit out on all flesh. And so do we really trust that? Do we believe that those people that we put in a box that is just beyond God's hand, that the spirit will come and touch them? And we, we need to be a people that sees God and encounters him in order for, as we encounter him, we are transformed. We are changed, not in our own strength, through striving. And God has done such a deliverance in us of striving and performance. Just as you said about the burdened, you know, where we come before God and we're like, I don't know know how to have quiet time. I don't know how to pray. I don't know all these things. And God is just, but it's not about what you do. It's about who I am in you. And I'm fascinated by Moses and I am... I started a series on the Hunger Games with not knowing what the second part was. Um, so the first part I did, but the second part, I know it's going to be focused on Moses, but something intrigues me of how many times he was in the manifest presence of God and he came out shining. <laughs> he came out that people could see that he was with God. People could see the glory of God upon him and they were transformed. Um, it's... 
I'm, I don't know where the scripture is specifically, but it says how Moses left the community to go to the tabernacle to worship. And as he went, the people in the community bowed down because they saw the cloud of God's presence coming upon that tabernacle. So they got down to their knees and started worshiping because they could see the presence of God over, over him. And that's not for Moses. That's for each one of us. But I know God um, is doing a work in us that he is purifying <laughs> The fire of God is coming and he's purifying. And I'm sure some of you know that what was okay yesterday in your life is not okay anymore today. (laughs) That the conviction is lifted. (laughs) The standard of God and what he's doing in your life. And you almost want to battle and go, it's easier to be in the world. (laughs) You know, it's easier. But God is just saying, but where's that reward? (laughs) That reward is of this earth. There's an eternal reward of knowing God and standing for him that... Yeah, that we cannot compare to this to this earth. But it means that we have to allow the Holy Spirit and we have to allow God into every part of our hearts. And that's the unfortunate thing. I don't know about you guys, but I often look at the state of my heart and I think, thank you, Jesus, that I know you. You know, thank you that I know you and that you are good and that I am not. <laughs> you know, and that it is your blood that comes to save me and cleanse me. You know, and that I can hear your voice. That you speak to me because I can see that my behavior and I manifest a certain way and it hurts the people around me and I don't have to carry on acting that way because God is able to come into my heart and go, Lauren, this is where it's coming from. This is why you feel threatened. This is why you feel this way. But I've come to replace that. (laughs) Where you feel shame, I've given you honor already at the cross. You just need to come to me. And so... um, Yeah, and so the the two things that I was thinking about was was just where in, 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 um, in blessing, blessing five, verse four, um, in Matthew five, it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And then it says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has a clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. And I want to be known as a believer that seeks God, that, do- that doesn't just come conveniently on a Sunday and get my little, you know, but... but but I want to seek him. I want to, in everything that happens, everything that goes around me, I want to I consult him first. <laughs> and, um, and so those two scriptures indicate that a pure heart is a condition to seeing God. You know, as Moses ascended the hill, just like, like Moses went up into the mountain, there was a purity in heart. And And the challenge is that God wants to do mighty works through us. He wants us to see people healed physically. He wants us to see people delivered. He wants to see financial breakthrough. He wants to see, because as he's lifted up, people will be drawn unto him. But the challenge is that as we grow in the power of God, so often we want to look to ourselves and go, wow, look at me. Sure, look at me. I have a gift. You know, I am able and that is why we need our hearts to be pure, purified constantly. <laughs> because as we grow in status, and he wants to give us favor, he wants us to be the CEOs. 
You know, he wants us to be the people that have got 50,000 likes on Instagram because of your gift. You know, because it's a platform that you can use. But with that status comes other challenges. <laughs> and that is why we need to allow God to purify our hearts. And I just want to read um, a story, a parable, uh, reflecting two hearts. Okay? And, the, and it's in Matthew 25. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No less... No, lest there should not be enough for us, and you go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards the virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming." I, I used to previously read these types of scriptures and I used to feel so condemned, you know, and I was like, how could God shut out? And, but we need to look at the scripture for what it is and we need to look at what is the, what's the mystery that he's trying to tell. <laughs> and what he's saying is he, he, he's saying, so, so the, the key between the two is that some have had oil and the others didn't have oil, okay? And Jesus is saying, I did not know you. Okay, and that no is something of intimacy. That's not, I did not know your name. <laughs> you know, it's I didn't know you intimate, intimacy. And so knowing someone means that you need to be in relationship with them, you know. And that relationship is defined by the character between the two of you. And so therefore, to me, the oil, yes, it represents the Holy Spirit, but it also represents intimacy. And we need to ask ourselves, are we the bride that's wise, that is in a constant state of intimacy with the Father? You know, the one bride, the unwise bride said, give me some of all your oil. Now imagine, Cara and Yan Louis are married, okay? They have intimacy, okay? Because they are married, obviously, okay? We were still waiting for the fruit of the intimacy. But um, <laughs> now imagine, okay, so Yan Louis is the bridegroom. Now I say to Cara, give me some of your intimacy, do you see how wrong that is? <laughs> I can't, you need to have your own intimacy with the Father. And the challenge is that so often we live out our relationship with God through other people. You know, we rely on the pastor and his intimacy with the Father. I'll just get the scraps of his int intimacy. Or I'll go and search the web for every scripture, and I'm not scripture, that's good, every sermon out there. And that's not a bad thing. I love doing that. You know, if God is talking to me about someone, I'll, I'll go and look for for sermons around it, but I need to first go to the word. I need to first go and say, God, what are you saying about this? Because that scripture is going to come and break open my heart and the intimacy of my heart. Um, and so, you know, and so that's the, that's just the represented, that's the one, um, you know, where she, she knew the one that gives the oil as well. You know, she knew, 
she was constantly, and that's the father. The father gives the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the, you, you're in relationship. And the other challenge is the unwise bride that sort of said, do you know what? I'll wait for when there's signs of him coming and then I'll go get my oil. You know, I'll wait until the last minute and then I'll go fill up my intimacy tank with the father. <laughs> if I had to say that to Stefan, I think that connection, it, it, you know, and I, I just... It's not a condemning word, but it's a reality of what is the state of our heart. Is God speaking to us about something? Is he calling us into something? And you're going, wait, I'm busy. Wait, I'm coming. You know, and, and it's that urgency of going, Father, I want to be with you right now. I want to be intimate with you. And the challenge to, to today for us is busyness. You know, I'm sure that unwise bride was going, I'm just going to quickly do this, and I'm just going to quickly do that. And the challenge is that busy, being busy okay, constantly wars against our awareness of God, okay? You can't be aware of God and aware of the Holy Spirit if you are busy with things all the time. Now, I'm very busy with the sun. Everyone thinks, what do you do all the day? I mean, sometimes this week, I didn't have lunch three or four times because I was just like, oh, shucks, it's four o'clock and I haven't had anything to eat, you know? But I have to be intentional around my quiet time. I have to be intentional around spending time with God, going into that place, you know, and it's not performance. It's God, I cannot without you. (laughs) And the challenge of the oil that is in the lamps um, is that it shows what is burning in our hearts. You know, what is, what is actually in our hearts? Is our hearts, what are, what's our heart burning with? And you sort of think, like, I don't know what my heart's burning. I love God. I love this. And there's a scripture that says, um, it's in Luke 6. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so you can actually go and think, what are you talking about often? <laughs> Just to people around you, what, are you, what do you talk about? You know? And, and that's okay because that's, what's, that's often what the state of your heart is. And, and that's, God is just saying, I just want you to be aware <laughs> I want, to, I want you to be aware of the state of your heart because I want you to come and, and allow me to purify your heart so that you can come and see me. Because when you see me, you are transformed. It's just that encounter with him. It's that place of, I cannot, if I, if I meet you, I cannot help but not be changed. <laughs> you know, it's not like I have to change before I come and meet you. Um, yeah, and so... Um, Okay, so that's, yeah. And so, you know, even um, even on the other side, you know, where the unwise came to the wise bri- um, bridesmaid or the virgin, whatever, and said, give me some of your oil. And she said, no, what if I don't have enough? And you sort of think, well, that's selfish. You know, why don't you share your oil? But to me, that's a, that's a representation of the pearl of great price. You know, we need to share Jesus. We need to share the gospel with people. But in terms of our intimacy with the Father, we can't share it. You know, there's a place where just you and the Father, even if you're married, there's a place where it's just Jesus and myself that Stefan isn't in that place because it's between him and myself. Um, And so often we give ourselves freely to other people. We almost prostitute ourselves because we try and find some sort of satisfaction, some sort of intimacy that does not fulfill but we have to wait for that intimacy with him. And that was the other thing is that that oil costs something. 
It said, you can go and buy oil. You can go to the guy and buy oil. And so intimacy and building intimacy with the Father is going to cost you something. It's going to mean that you're going to have to sacrifice certain things in your life. Um, You know, it's going to mean that um, you're going to have to choose the highway of holiness (laughs) instead of the easy road. Um, But that cost is nothing in compared to the great price that Jesus paid for us. Um, and, and the other thing about the, the wise virgin was she was willing to wait. And, and we are challenged in these days to wait. It's a constant rush. It's, I can get anything in the instant, in the moment. But if someone says, wait on God, do we actually know what that means? Do we know what it means to wait, wait on God? Um, you know, when he gives you, when you have a, a decision or he gives you a picture of something or there's someone in your family that's going through a difficult time, do we speak quickly to fix or do we actually go, God, if I wait on you and see what your thoughts and insight is into the situation, maybe the power of God's going to manifest a lot quicker <laughs> and I'm going to see the breakthrough a lot quicker. Um, and that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that you learn over time. Okay, and um, you learn to wait on God, and and that's okay if you fail at it and you jump quickly to control, like I often do, you know. And Stefan has to remind me, just go and spend time, just wait, wait on God. Um, okay, so, and then I just want to finish off. That was the one aspect of the oil and the intimacy. Um, and the other story is in Two Kings four where it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your son um, and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. Behind her and her sons. Anyway, whatever that means. Um, (laughs) So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. Okay. Um, (laughs) Maybe her sons are with her and stuff. Um, Okay. Who brought the vessels to her. Oh, her sons were there to bring the vessels to her. Okay. And she poured it out. And she poured it out. I did read the scripture before tonight, I promise you. (laughs) Now it came to pass when the vessels were full... That she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. Listen to this. And so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your, um, your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. You know, and if we look at that oil as intimacy and relationship with God and just the Holy Spirit, then what she was saying is, all I have my husband's died. These people are coming to take my sons away. I'm, I'm facing a storm. I'm facing a disaster. And all I have is my relationship with God. And he's saying that's enough. You know, pour out that oil and that, that, that will multiply. And the challenge is that what did she do? She went out to the people around her and got empty, empty vessels. 
She didn't do it alone. She didn't have enough for herself. So for me, that's just a representation again of the community is if we are going to trust God to see an outpouring of his spirit, to see lives change, to bring in the lost, to see the power of God manifest, it is going to have to be that each one of us comes as an empty vessel. And as they said, the empty vessel, it said when there was no more vessels, the oil dried out. And for me, there was just, God will continue pouring out his spirit and he will continue, but are there representatives? Are there people that are open and willing for God to come and pour himself out over us? Um, and that was just amazing is that the intimacy with God and the relationship with him delivered her from slavery. <laughs> that was the thing that delivered her, in, her, her, slave, her slavery, you know, her, her sons from going into, sla- into slavery. It wasn't something that she did. She did nothing. All she did was take a jar of oil and pour. <laughs> And I think we have to battle against this constant performance of religion in our minds of I'm not good enough and I'm not doing enough and I'm not this and I don't know how and I and we need to start going, God, you, <laughs> let me start seeing you. Can I see you? Because when I see you, I know I will receive everything that I need for what is in front of me. And, I, and so the challenge, and that's, that's really what I wanted to share tonight, um, is, is just that, yeah, I just want to finish off with these two scriptures, and then, and then yeah, we can, we can worship two or three more songs. Um, Galatians 2, it's very quiet. It's very quiet. Okay, but that's fine. <laughs> Yay. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives me in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And to me, those two, two scriptures just represent to say, Yes, we have been saved. Our spirit is made new. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we become alive in our spirit. And our soul is being made new as we encounter the Father. Um, But it's so often our flesh that we have to war against, right? But the most amazing thing is that he just says, it's not me. It's Christ in me. And so this life that I live in the flesh that so often is the state of my heart, the condition that I need to be purified, he says, I do it in faith, I do it in faith that God is who he says he is. I do it in faith that he is good, that he is able to come and cleanse my heart. I don't do it because I am able. That The preceding scriptures to that Galatians 2.20 talks about we are not saved by the law. <laughs> We're not saved by the works. We are saved by grace and through faith. And that other, the next scripture where God just, he says, um, God, he will to make known the mystery what is this? A mystery is something that we can't fathom in our minds. We can't, you know, we need to search it out. And he says he makes known this mystery to us that, hold on, it's not you. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. And if we just go, ah, oh, it's Christ in me that is the hope of glory, you know, then we can actually go, Father, you can come and purify my heart. You can come and, and allow me to grow in favor and grow in s- status and grow in power because I know that 
it's about you. It's not about me. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, it, it feels like my heart is burning. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like my heart is being cut inside of me. Um, and I know that, that some of you feel, you know, that just that burden, that condemned thing, because you've been trying to do things in your own strength. You've been trying to, um, you know, to purify your heart or you see an area in your life, you're just like, I just need to be, change my behavior. But be, your behavior is going to change when your heart changes. Okay? And so what we're going to do tonight is when we worship, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and just purify our hearts. <laughs> Whatever that looks like to each one of you, some of you are going to need prayer. Okay, and I want you to come forward. I've asked some girls specifically and Quibus and, you know, who really flow in a prophetic gift. I want us to speak into your situation. I want us to speak prophetically into your heart. Okay, and that's up to you. If you need to do business alone with God, if there's anything that I have shared, hopefully something hit home, um, you know, that, that you would just allow God to come and do that in your heart because some of you are living here <laughs> some of you are going I'll do this for God I'm I know in this situation I'm not too much out of my comfort and you know I'll go halfway up the mountain but God is calling you to go all the way up the mountain God is calling and he's wanting to entrust each one of us so much more than what we think we are able to do and some of you I want to encourage you because this purifying process has been taking much longer than what you expected and you're growing weary you're growing hopeless because you think, is, am I ever going to see fruit from the, the laying down and the sacrificing and the purifying? But I know that God does not prepare, you know, he does not bring on the labor pains and not bring to birth. <laughs>